Golite presents Opinions Matter with Adrian Kennedy. And you're very welcome to this latest podcast from Opinions Matter, brought to you by Greenheart CBD. From Greenheart to your heart, please check out their website at greenheartcbd.ie. Now, on this special podcast, we're going to talk to Alan. And there's been much talk lately of how um, frontline workers, healthcare workers and so on, deserve something from the government in terms of rewarding them for all of the work that they have done during the COVID-19 pandemic. And nobody disagrees. But the conversation has kind of gone in all sorts of directions now about who should and who shouldn't uh, receive some sort of compensation from the state. Alan is about to tell us a story of how he worked in retail until very recently when he was made redundant and the abuse that he and his colleagues and most people in retail had to put up with during the lockdown periods at the hands of you and I, the general public. There were days, and I'm a grown man in my mid-50s, so I used to go home on the bus in tears saying, Jesus Christ, why am I putting myself through this? And he believes that it was so bad... Workers like him, who worked in retail during the lockdowns, actually deserve free counselling. Not money, free counselling. It's a fascinating conversation with Alan. And he began by explaining that he'd been working in retail for 38 years. I have, Adrian, yeah. Um, The last uh, 17 years I worked for a very well-known company, I'm sure you've heard of them, called Carphone Warehouse, who... um, Sadly pulled out of Ireland um, uh, last May. They decided to shut up shop and uh, pull out of Ireland altogether. So myself and around 500 of my colleagues lost their jobs, unfortunately. Um, We worked right through the whole uh, lockdown phase, uh, apart from the very first national lockdown and right through all the restrictions, etc. and everything. And I have absolutely the utmost of respect for anybody working in the health services. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic. They're saints as far as I'm concerned. But when you worked in the retail business as we did for the guts of a year, really, there were days it was unbearable. People were just so arrogant and rude and obnoxious and aggressive like, and confrontational. Uh, we all noticed it was in a week of going back to work. Uh, I said, this is ridiculous. Like, what is going on? Why are people so angry? So, okay, D- during the very first lockdown, everything was closed. Uh, during the yeah. the second lockdown, companies like Carphone Warehouse were allowed to reopen because they were deemed essential services. And you chose to yeah, back to work. Correct. You didn't have to go back to work, but you chose to. That's correct, yeah. Like, to be honest, like, I'm 56, Adrian, and I'm a creature of habit. I like having a routine in my life. I like being able to get up at the right time every day, go and do a day's work, etc. So when I was asked would I like to go back, I said, absolutely, I'd love to. Uh, I didn't really realise what was lying ahead of me because... As I said to you, within a day or two, I was going back. My God, my God, people are just so angry and aggressive. Like, I do have a vivid memory, one particular one I'll share with you. Um, a couple came into the shop one afternoon. Uh, they looked very well to do, very, very well dressed. Uh, didn't look like they were short of money or anything like that, but neither of them had a mask on, uh, which, as you know, was mandatory. So I went over, I'm sorry, sir, madam, would I mind if I asked you to put a mask on? And... The man just turned around to me and looked at me with utter contempt, contempt and said, I don't believe in obeying the rules of a Nazi government. And I kind of just looked at him and said, well, I'm very sorry, sir, but you know that's what the law is. You have to wear a mask. And he said, do you mean to tell me 
you're not going to serve me today if I don't wear a mask in store. I said, I'm afraid that's the company policy. So he actually asked me for contact details for the company so he could make a complaint, which I happily provided to him because I knew he wasn't going to get anywhere with it. But stuff like that uh, just happens on a regular basis. And, and, it, and it was just amazing. people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be obnoxiously rude that were just obnoxiously rude. Yeah, pretty much like right. But now I know I know people will say, you know, you'll probably get callers calling in and whatever saying, Oh, the majority of people were fine and all that I I agree with that hundred percent, but I don't think it was an overall massive majority. I think the minority of people that weren't doing what they needed to be doing was big enough to make it very, very unpleasant uh, for all of us in retail and I would imagine public transport as well. It was just it it was the majority that were great, but the minority of people just really it was a big enough group, as I said, to make life very unpleasant. I mean, there were days, and I'm a grown man, I mean, mid-50s, that I used to go home on the bus in tears saying, Jesus Christ, why am I putting myself through this? You really? Know, that was the, that was the effect that it had on you, that it would get to you so much you'd be in tears on the bus on the way home? Oh, yeah. Psychologically, it was terrible. Like, nobody likes... Like, obviously... Uh, we were very restricted at work. You'd got the screens up and you're wearing your masks and you're cleaning the shop every half an hour or an hour or whatever it is, which needed to be done, obviously. Uh, we'd no problem doing that, but it does create, you feel like you're almost trapped sometimes. And then when people are coming in and you're just trying to do your job and try and be as pleasant as possible so when they're shooting you down all the time. It's very, very hard to take sometimes, I know. Some of my colleagues at times got very distressed and I, I'm a bit older so I was able to offer them a lot of support and I have to say my manager Ailish, I must mention her, she was absolutely phenomenal like the way she supported everybody, you know. There were days we'd even lock the door for a few minutes just to get a breather uh, and get our minds back on track to what we were trying to do. Uh, and ultimately, at the end of the day, after a, a, a little over a year of that, uh, it really amounted to nothing because the the company made the decision, well, that's it. Uh, we weren't really surprised, to be honest with you, because we're not stupid. We knew the level of business that we were doing wasn't anywhere near what we needed to be doing, so it wasn't really a surprise. Mm. And some of your listeners will probably know that uh, at the very, very start of the pandemic, uh, Carform Warehouse in the UK actually closed all their stores. Uh, it kind of slipped under the radar a little bit because people were so concerned about going into lockdown, etc., and all that. So we kind of expected it to happen here somewhere along the way, but maybe not a year for a year or two. So there's no doubt that the COVID situation definitely accelerated that process. Can I just add, by the way, Adrian, I've absolutely no bitterness at all towards the company. I fully understand why they did what they did. You know, at the end of the day, if you're not doing the business you need to do to stay afloat, then that's mm. what happens. And to be fair to them, uh, I worked for them for the guts of 17 years and they looked after me exceptionally well uh, with a redundancy settlement. So I can't really complain, to be honest. I don't okay, like, but the, you know, but the, point of, the point of you contacting us was to highlight that there has been very understandable and justifiable talk about uh, healthcare workers, uh, frontline workers being given some sort of either uh, holidays in lieu or some sort of payment as a thank you from the state for all the hard work that they did. Now, the conversation has gone on about who should get it and so on. But you believe that retail workers, because of the sort of shit that you had to put up with uh, during all those lockdown periods, deserve some sort of recognition? 100%. I mean, I agree with you. The frontline workers deserve every penny they get. They should get a 
substantially more money, I feel, than retail workers or, or whatever. That's fine. I've absolutely no issue with that. But there definitely should be some sort of recognition for what retail workers had to put up through for such a long time. I mean, it was just beyond ridiculous at one stage and and very, very disheartening. I don't like being out of work, but to be honest with you, the day we found out that we were uh, being made redundant uh, was through a conference call in store. Uh, we never even opened our doors that day, actually. And uh, we all kind of looked at each other and said, you know, it's kind of a relief, you know. But That's, nobody that's how bad it became. And and this is one of the things I was I was noticing from your message, that... Uh, you're you're saying that when we come out of all of these restrictions, which we will do over the next couple of weeks, and theoretically life is going to return to some sort of uh, normality, you're basically saying that we need to start being nice to each other again. 100%, Adrian. Um, I'm sure you've heard of an American writer called Mark Twain, you know, Huckleberry. Have indeed, yeah. He has a very, 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 very famous quote from many years ago. He said, the best way to cheer yourself up is to cheer somebody else up. And he's right. It's it's actually, if you think about it, it's actually much easier to be nice to somebody than it is to be nasty to them. Really, it doesn't cost you anything to say to somebody, how are you? Or if you're in a nice restaurant and you've had a nice meal, throw the waiter or the waitress a little, a few quid tip or whatever. Um, it, it really makes all the difference. Like, if you see somebody smiling because of something that you've done, then it just makes you feel good about yourself inside. And that's what it's all about, uh, feeling better. Like, you know, there's all talks about all sorts of talks about money and compensation for people, etc., and all that. The government would also be well advised, I'd feel, to invest some money in um, offering psychological support to people because that's what the real killer is going to be when all this does eventually finish. Uh, the psychological damage to people is massive. You know, I know I wouldn't say my mental health is fantastic at the moment. It's okay. You get the odd bad day here and there, but I'm doing my best. I'm 56, so. At my age, it's not easy to find work, but I'm, I'm doing me damnedest and I'll get there eventually. I know I will. But, and but uh, I know let me ask you then, there. what do you think on, on you and listening to how you describe, you know, going home on the bus and uh, being in tears after all the abuse that you'd suffered at, at work? What do you think is the, the lasting psychological impact on you? On me? Um having worked 38 years in re- retail, Adrian, I'm actually very reluctant to go back to it. Uh, which obviously is going to restrict my options considerably. So and it seems an awful shame to throw away nearly 40 years experience in a particularly particular industry, which if I don't, if it, it blow me on trumpet too much, I was actually really good at as well. But it really has put me off. I actually feel um, I'd be very nervous around people now. Now I know people will say, well, look, it's all over now. Let's all get back to normal. But I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as that. I don't think somebody's going to clip their fingers one day and say, you know, that's the COVID situation's all over now. Everything's back to the way it was. Let's go. It won't happen that easily. I think it would take a long, long time before people um, get back into proper habits, etc., and all that. And you mentioned to think, me um, before we we um, started chatting that. You'd been in France recently, and the one thing that you noticed being in in France was there was a very happy, friendly atmosphere compared to what yeah. you experience here. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, 100%. Um, I have a group of friends, there's about a dozen of us, the dirty dozen as we like to call ourselves, and we would travel to France every year. We're all big rugby fans. We like to go into a rugby match and have a few beers for a few days and chill out and relax. Now, obviously, we haven't been able to do it for some time. 
the last trip was planned for 18 months ago, but the opportunity arose uh, actually last weekend for us to go. We'd taken the vouchers from Ryanair. We didn't bother asking for a refund and we were able to rebook everything. And off we went. We arrived about Friday lunchtime, checked into our rooms, etc., and got out into the street and said, right, let's see what's going on, guys. And everywhere we went, like, okay, obviously you were asked for your COVID cert, but we're all used to that now. But it was all very, very friendly. Quick scan of the codes and our phones sat down. So friendly, so relaxed, absolutely delighted to see us coming over and chatting to us, asking how we were getting on, where we were from, what we were up to. And we all said the same thing. We were only even about an hour there, I'd say. And we all said, my God, there's just no tension in the air at all. There's no And, uh, and that compares how to here? To here, like, you know, you're, you're going through shops and, you know, so you don't have to queue as much outside anymore, in fairness, but you might go in and people are anxious. And if you walk too close to somebody, they're backing off and looking at you like you have three heads or something like that. And, I even noticed that, you know, if I'm in a queue, buy myself a pair of jeans or whatever, and somebody's in the queue ahead of me, that can be really abrupt and short with the person behind the counter. The same for your mentality, Adrian, just because somebody works behind the shop counter, that you can talk whatever way you like them, you know, and that's that's got to stop. That's that's just so wrong. I mean, we're all normal people at the end of the day trying to make a living and do a job and whatever. I mean, why do you have to be so nasty to somebody like, you know? And I really feel, because a lot of retail workers now are very young, a lot of retailers now would have primarily mostly part-time staff and uh, a small percentage of full-time staff. So these are young people, like, and I think they'll be, they'll be scarred by it, to be honest, which is the, the abuse they have to put with. It's not right. It's just wrong. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth. And I just think it doesn't really reflect very well on us as a nation either, to be honest with you. Uh, the whole situation, I don't think we've dealt with it really, really that well at all. And again, I'll emphasise, I know the majority of people have, but the minority of people that haven't dealt with it well are a big enough group that they've made it very, very unpleasant for all of us. Uh, and, you know, it needs to stop and we need to cop on. The only way this gets better is by through a collective effort. It's not going to work. Uh, by one person doing the right thing. We all have to do the right thing and be nice to each other. God almighty, it's not that difficult, is it? In theory, no. Uh, but I, I I, get exactly the point that you're trying to make. I've seen it myself. I don't work in retail, but I've I've seen the sort of abuse that, uh, that people have to put up with. So let me ask you finally, Alan, what do you think would be reasonable of the government to offer people who have worked all the way through the various lockdowns in retail, they're kind of a forgotten sector. Do you think that the the yeah. state, because I know some companies have given some sort of recompense to staff, but do you think that the state should offer something? And if so, what is that? Well, I think they should offer them, actually. Um, to give credit to my previous employer, Carphone Warehouse, again, we were made aware of this all the time. They had what's called uh, an employee assistance program. Uh, and part of that was you were entitled to free counselling. Um, there was a number you could ring. You could either do it over the phone or if you felt more comfortable doing it face-to-face, they could organise that for you as well. And you'd get six free sessions. Uh, if you felt better after that, then that was fine. But if you felt you needed to go further, then they'd organise more for you. But at a reduced rate, you wouldn't get them free anymore. So I think the government could do something like that. They could offer um, free uh, counselling to people to a certain level or whatever and you know just help them get back on their feet and figure out where they're going again because it's not always about money Adrian money is nice we all like a few good in our pocket etc and all that but 
uh, it's been emphasised more and more the last few years how important your mental health is. Uh, so a little bit of support in that regard, I think, would be far more beneficial. You know, counselling is very expensive. You know, it can be. Uh, and just give people a bit of a leg up, help them on their way. I'm not saying, you know, put them in counselling for years and get them back on their feet. That's obviously not financially practical. But, you know, give them a start. Give them three sessions with a counsellor, six sessions with a counsellor, whatever, offer it to them anyway. Not everybody's going to want to take them up on it. Uh, some people are stronger than others mentally and good looks them as they are. But it would be nice to know that you have a little bit of support. And I think the stigma has broken down a long, long time ago. There was a time if you said you weren't feeling the best or you weren't right or whatever. People used to kind of laugh at you a little bit. I do think we've come a long way in that regard. So the government will be doing a good thing, good moral thing rather than a financial thing by offering that to people. And again, you believe that for many workers, that has been the impact of this pandemic. And I know certainly listening to you, that's been the impact on you. But you believe that because of how horrible some people have become in our society over the last year and a half, that the direct impact on some retail workers has been a a scarring on their mental health. Oh, 100%, yeah, particularly the younger ones, I think, you know, because... They'll never have experienced anything like what we've gone through in the last 18 months in their lives. And please God, they never will again. Uh, these things could happen every 100 years. So you and the age will be long gone by the time the next one comes around. But um, I, I just think, they, you know, the, the young people that have been subjected to that in particular, they're going to be the lifeblood of our country going forward. They're the ones that are going to reinvigorate industry and business and get things going again. They need all our support. Um, you know, all fogies like myself or whatever, we can figure it out or whatever as we go along because we have experience. But um, those young people, uh, definitely, and uh, as you said yourself, the frontline workers at the top of the list, most definitely. I mean, I've experienced dealings with some young nurses and doctors in the last few months, and God love them, they're saints. I don't know how they put up with it. But, you know, and the people in retail, as I said, and public transport, if you want to throw that in as well, they all need a bit of a leg up. I don't think anybody has been affected majorly financially, to be fair. I know some people lost work and all that, but, you know, to be fair, it's the government, the pub thing came, the pub payments came in very, very quickly, and they're still going to go until February next year, I believe. But So I don't think anybody has been majorly affected financially, but I think emotionally, that's my main point, that people have been affected massively emotionally. I know I have, and I'm sure, I know I'm not on my own. And that's why I would say to anybody that's listening to that out there, if you actually think that you're the only one that's suffering mentally or psychologically, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We are, every single one of us, to some degree, has been affected psychologically by all this. So don't think you're on your own and it's okay to go for help. And as I said to you, that's what the government needs to focus on. On that note, Alan, I I really appreciate you uh, getting in touch with us here at Opinions Matter. I know an awful lot of people, because I've spoken to different people over the last year and a half, working in retail, have felt that burden on them of... Uh, having to put up with all the stuff that you've spoken about because they just happen to be at work. And um, hopefully it's something that the government will take on board when it comes to looking after people who helped us all get through uh, the pandemic. Alan, thanks very much indeed for talking to us on Opinions Matter. Thanks for having me, Adrian. And hey, see you for a point soon, OK? Absolutely. All right. Good to talk to you, Alan. And if you enjoyed uh, this podcast, please hit subscribe or follow and you'll be notified every time we upload a new Opinions Matter podcast. Thanks very much indeed for listening. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.